Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson. Today's guest, we've got Denny Hayes, the Million Dollar Bogan, uh, amongst many other things, YouTuber, managing director of five real estate offices and just a whole pleasure of other activities. Welcome, mate. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Is that a fair introduction? Like you've got so much depth in, depth in what you do. Is that a fair introduction? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm just, uh, <clears throat> I think, yeah, I have as many areas to my life, I guess. Yep. Um, but business for me probably has been the heartbeat which has allowed me to live the life that I want to live. Um, and I'm, acute, I'm acutely aware that we all have a number above our head that's counting down till the day we die. So I'm going to live every day like it's my last because one day it will be. And I think people forget that. They think that they're going to live forever. But, but life really is only a series of creating snapshots. Um, and I'm trying to create as many snapshots and have as much fun as I can before my last day, you know. Mm. So, yeah. M- makes perfect sense. And h- how did you... Like you're obviously in the real estate business that that is full time, yep. heavy heavy work obviously as well. How did you get into the the motor, the vlogging? Um, long story short, um, I got interviewed for a reality TV show. It's going to be along the lines of Million Dollar Listing, and yeah. um, I got shortlisted for that, and it got axed in Australia or something like that. And um, so I started taking a camera into my own office and started a YouTube channel. I thought I'd call it Million Dollar Bogan because it's sort of taking the piss. I was taking the piss out of real estate agents because I think, you know, what what they don't realise is to be a good agent, you've just got to be authentic and be real and people will sell their home with you. Mm. Um, So I tried really hard like a lot of people. It took me like more than a year to get to a 1,000 subscribers and, you know, like I just couldn't get any traction and then – I did a motorbike vlog where I, I just filmed myself going to Cape York on my Road King and had like 100,000 views like the first vlog. So I all of a sudden it all – and then I did one where I gave my ex-wife a Harley-Davidson and that went viral. That's had 1.2 million views now. Mm. And what I realised was that it's about having a trending topic, something that people follow. Mm. So I married – it all sort of came together. I thought, okay, Harley-Davidson's adventure, go on obscure rides with a bit of danger and put some dramatic music in and a bit of slow motion and and try and follow a storyline and that's how the channel sort of has grown. But it started off as a real estate but now it's full, nearly full-time motor vlogging. Wow. It's – it's um, yeah, it's such an interesting topic at the moment because there's so many, um, so many people obviously involved in doing this this sort of uh, thing as well. Yep. But your your particular one is growing so fast. Yep. What What it's do you think you resonate with people? Do you think it's like because you're a larrikin, you're very um, very bold, yep. uh, and you take the piss out of yourself, which is something that Australians really like and can adapt with as well. Yep. What do you, What do you think it is? Um, I think. Because I'm an emotional person and I've suffered myself, you know, my brother died two and a half years ago from a heroin overdose. Um, I just, you know, I'm a, a, I got clean and sober at the age of 19, so I'm a covering alcoholic drug addict, so I'm nearly 29 years clean and sober. Um, I guess, shit, what, what was the question I've gone off for? <laughs> um, <laughs> just, just uh, probably why do you resonate? Oh, oh okay, yeah. I think because I'm not scared to talk about what I'm going through. So, um, you know, in the Arctic when I was riding, I was in a hailstorm and I started crying. I was on the motorbike because I'd fucked up another marriage, you know, and it was my fault. And and I just felt that, God, I was was 46 then. I was thinking, I just can't get it together. And it was about why do men, like a lot of of men suicide in their 40s um, because they feel trapped and, and they feel that, 
like being 40 in your 40s, I think there's a lot of divorces and a lot of extramarital affairs and, and child custody. Access. So I've talked, I've talked about those things because I've gone through them. But what, what I try and the, the undertones of million dollar bogan is one of perseverance mm. and never, ever give in. Because if you want to be a winner, you just can't quit. That's the difference between winning and losing is not quitting. And people that understand that, that it's, it's like starting a YouTube channel. So many people start a YouTube channel, but they quit. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not going to quit. I'll, I'll say that. I'm not going to quit. I'm, at, I'm about to hit 50,000 subs, which to me is, it's a lot, but it's not a lot considering the work I put in. And, but I'm going to get to 100,000 and then I'm going to get to a million. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, I'm just determined. So um, I think there's an undertone of determination and I think, uh, and I'm authentic, like, 99.9% of the stuff isn't scripted. It's as it happens where a lot of other people might have a YouTube channel. They're trying to showcase the best version of themselves. Yeah. I'll showcase anger. I'll show, I'll showcase when I'm shitty at David Parry or if I'm lost or I don't know where the fuck I am. Like, like I, I want, I want, I want to show humanity. Yep. That's what I want to show. I don't want to show some stage scripted shit that, um, you know, and if one more person says I'm on the wrong fucking bike, I'm going to punch them in the head. Of course yep. I'm on the wrong bike for the trip. Yep. But that's the fun of it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Can you ride a Harley Davidson to Everest? Can you ride a Harley Davidson to the Arctic? It's it's an adventure and I try and take the followers along with me. And you do. like that, And it obviously resonates because, like, look downstairs here this morning, Gasoline Alley. Yep. You've had all these people coming up and it's just very real. It's yeah. not fake. It's... um. Yep. And just soul of the earth people coming in. Oh, yeah. how'd you do this? How'd you do that? There's no, yeah. it's just nothing. You know, yeah. I sat there for an hour and a half basically and just sat back and watched. And Oh, it's nice. It's the most humbling. Yep. I don't realise, um, and I say this, it's hard not to say this without coming across egotistical, but I a lot of the filming's done alone and the editing's done alone. And until I hit the road and, and do a meetup like this, I don't yep. realise the impact that like people know me mm. and me and Parry look at ourselves and we laugh. Like when we did the monkey bike ride to, to Perth, we just, there's so many people that met us and it's just blows us away. So, I mean, we created, I created this really from not much and it's yep. taking on a whole life of its own now, you know, which is really nice. It's just, it's, yeah. it's awesome. So. Were you, were you always a moto rider? Yeah, I've always liked motorbikes, yeah. but I couldn't afford a motorbike until I was 31, until I went into real estate. Yeah. And my first motorbike was an 883 Sportster yeah. at 31, and I've been riding from 41 now to 47. So, but the last two years, yeah. as the motor vlog, very seriously, yep. like a, a lot. Because yeah. the places that you like, um, the places that you ride them, yep. are, um, like you go to some pretty hardcore places on, on your mm. bikes. Yeah. So it's like I, I honestly thought you must have ridden for your life prior to that because like you've got skills that you know a lot of people probably could couldn't have because it well, is it must be hard to ride the uh, say it, road king. It's skills at dropping them. I've got good skills at dropping them. Yeah, but you still go to these places. Yeah, yeah. Like um, some of these hill and other thing is you use GoPros a lot and it's yep. very hard to represent what a hill looks like. Totally, I agree. The gradient. I can never show the gradient. gradient. Yeah. Um, sometimes if you look at the footage, you can see the rear wheel spinning out rocks and that gives you some idea of the gradient, yep. you know, but it is recently on the vlog I just released, uh, the series is called Rogue and vlog three where I had to pick the bike up. It didn't really show the camber, but that was actually 
sort of facing down into a camber. Mm. And some people were saying in the comments, oh, you know, you need to learn how to lift it up. You know, anyone can lift up a motorbike when it's on flat ground. You try lift it up when it's leaning into a camber. Yep. It's not only 380 kilos, it's more, it's more like, it's more, it's harder. You have to, and what I like about it is you've got to figure it out. It was five mm. degrees. I had to figure that out. If I had to take the bike apart piece by piece, I would have done it. Yep. That's bullshit because I don't know, wouldn't know how to do that. But I did come close to pouring petrol on it and lining it up and just walking away and yeah. say, fuck this series, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that was just a thought, but no. Wow. Where was that at? I don't know. I was lost. Just middle of? Yeah. Middle of nowhere. In Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, it's about two weeks. I've been on the road now. This is day 16. Yep. So that was about, that was actually day one. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah, that's a good first day. Yeah. You, you enjoy riding alone? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. It's a real... A lot of men ride to, to combat uh, depression. Mm. Um, I do too. Um, I think COVID's really done my head in. So as soon as restrictions were eased, I just thought I'm getting on my bike and yeah. riding. And um, I just thought I'd go to Cameron's Corner. I'd, I'd never really heard of it. Someone mentioned it and yeah. it's sort of, um, yeah, it just I thought it would be an adventure and let's see what happens along the way. And the number one rule is not to die. Um, mm. As long as I do that, um, all's good. Mm. Does that, does that, um, is that something that you think about sometimes? Like every, say every day, really, absolutely. Every morning I get up, I say to myself, is today the day that I'm going to have a nasty accident? Yeah. Um, I know I take risks. I, I ride one handed holding cameras and, and in the rain and whatnot. Um, I, yeah, look, I, I take risks. Um, but you got to get the footage and I'm prepared to wear the consequences. I guess if it all ended for me today or tomorrow, um, I've lived an absolutely full life. Yep. I've got great insurance. My kids have had private school educations. I've done my job as a as a father. Yep. And if it's if I if it's my if I if it all if I die today, then then people are going to say that guy lived life to the fullest. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. So I'm prepared for that. Yep. Um, I, I don't want it to happen. Don't. I'm not on a death wish. I know no. some people think I am. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I'm just I'm just living. I'm living my life my way. When did it come about that you became an author? Did you think you were going to be an author forever? No, I, I kept a journal um, and when I got my first divorce, um, I, I, I've done a bit of national keynote speaking for real estate conferences right. and I got asked to speak alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger in Brisbane. So I thought I would finish my book and I promoted it there when I spoke. And yeah, so no one had published it for me, so I published it myself. Yep. And I sold about 600 copies in one day um, and I couldn't believe I did that. And, yeah, I've sold I think two or 3,000 copies now. Self-published. Self-published. It's made yeah. me nearly 100 grand. So it's, it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Not many book people can, can do that. Like obviously self-publishing has helped that now, hasn't it? Well, I do use the word fucking it a lot and cunt. Yeah, right. Are you allowed to say that word? Sorry, you might want to delete that no, out. that's fine. Okay. That's fine. It can go anywhere. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, big words. <laughs> Doesn't know what to say. No, I don't actually. Um, Roking. Yeah. Does it just piss you off when people just say you can't do that? Yeah. yeah I just, just really. Yeah, but but they're the people that are sitting in their armchairs watching Netflix. Yeah. You know, and it's it's you know in life it's really easy to sit by the sidelines and shoot arrows at people that are doing it. Yeah. Like I'm trying to make Netflix. I'm not watching it. You know what yep. I'm saying? I, I know that sounds a bit egotistical saying that, but I'm like. I've just, it's my life. I'm doing it my way and we live once. I, I can't stress that enough. Mm. This, this is it. Like I don't know if there's anything after we die but, but I, I'm just, yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's fun. It's true adventure. It's unscripted. It's unplanned. Yep. I don't really have a route but I'm a bit safer today. I carry an e on me. 
Um, I've got some, some, you know, I've got some, I take flares with me now. (laughs) So, you know, and yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I try and be a bit more safer. Yeah, right. Are are you an adventurer? Were you always, like say 31 was obviously a fairly distinct time in your life. You obviously changed what I've always travelled, yes. Yeah? Yeah, I do like to, um, I think when I first went into real estate and started making money, I've stayed at many grand places, like many of the best hotels in the world. And I've, I've done some really cool things but now I would rather do more obscure remote places that people don't see Um, that is way more attractive to me than staying in some five-star resort with the uh, uh, with drunken yobbos Uh, that just doesn't appeal to me at all anymore you know I really want to do North America um, on a motorbike um, but you know I don't know how that's going to go with COVID and Mm. you know but yeah you traveled much over there in general? I've, I've, sorry? Have you travelled much over there in general? I haven't been to North America, no. Haven't you? Okay. No. Yeah, right. So. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought you might might have done that. So No. Where, where have you been on your bikes? Where? What yeah. countries? Countries, yeah. I've been to India. So yeah. I did the Everest ride. Um, I rode, uh, fr- then I did the Arctic. Um, so I rode from Seattle to Dead Horse, which is as north as you can go in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, I did that ride. Um, I've done all of New Zealand. I've done Australia a couple of times. I've done Cambodia, Laos, um, Thailand, um, America a couple of times. But America, I haven't vlogged it. Um, where else have I done? I've done the monkey bike ride, which was, yeah, eight and a half thousand Ks on, in 11 days on a monkey bike. That was quite torturous. Is that a highlight? The monkey bike ride. Yeah. Um, it was a buzz raising $100,000 in two weeks. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that would happen. Um, but I did need spinal surgery after the monkey bike ride. Really? No, not really. But, but nice mistake. But I quit it. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my bum was pretty yeah. pretty sore. Yeah. But Parry pulled out halfway through because he's a poof. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't have the ticker that I have. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're not going to quit. I don't even know what the word quit means. Yep. What is that? Don't know. Don't know. So you're... Was that was that like out of like out of all those rides? That was definitely something that was no no. The, out of all the rides, India was the for me the, the most brutal. Um, I don't know if you've watched that series, but no. that's that's the most brutal. Did you say no? No, you haven't watched it. Not that series, no. Yeah, well, you really shouldn't be doing this interview with me then. No, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> playing with you. Um, India was the most brutal series. Yep. If and people that have watched that would probably agree. Um, the footage I've taken this trip is pretty awesome. Mm. Um, as I said before, I did nearly lose a road king to the ocean legitimately. Um, but somehow I managed to save it. Um, and the adrenaline that comes with that when you think it's all over and then you actually get out of it and the road king goes on to live for another day. Um, yeah. And I'll just say this, I get some negative comments, people saying, oh, I'm deliberately trashing a Harley Davidson. I'm, you know, I'm disrespect, someone said I'm disrespecting the Harley Davidson brand and, you know, I shouldn't be doing that to a road king. Well, like it's my bike, it's my money. Like mm. I don't tell you to stop buying your bag of dope every week or, or buying or snorting lines of cocaine or drinking your case of beer every week. I mean, I don't take drugs or alcohol. So, mm. you know, if I want to trash a $35,000 bike, I'm allowed to do that. But I just, I might want to add my bike has just been here against service. They've changed the bearings. They've gone over the bike. My bike runs. I've done 33,000 Ks on it in 18 months. My bike runs perfectly. Mm. Cosmetically, absolutely. It's been got a few dings here and buckles here, but the memories I've created on that are priceless. You know Mm. what I mean? Um, the beach I rode on, uh, 
when I got bogged, the guy said he's never seen a Harley Davidson ever before on this beach. You know what I mean? He Where said, was that? I, a place called Sandon. I rode the mm. 12. It's, it's, it's a village that's you can only access it by the beach. Sandon Point? I, I don't know, yeah. but, it's, but, but at low tide they can only get in or out. Mm. I rode it at high tide <laughs> on a Harley Davidson yep. and I made it. Wow. I did get bogged halfway through yep. and I thought it was all over, but I did get pulled out by a – and um, I, can't re- I can't wait to release that vlog because that, that, that footage is just – I was scared. I, I mean, I, I initially start riding – I'm like so happy I'm on the beach, I'm riding along, and then I realised the 12Ks is a long way. Yeah. Then I realised it was raining, there was no one on the beach, and then I realised how fast the tide was coming in. Mm. And with riding on the beach is you've got to ride close to the water where the hard sand is. And my bike, I was doing 60Ks an hour and my bike was all – and momentum is the key to riding on sand. Yeah. My bike was all over the place. It was going and – I, and I knew that if I stopped, I would sink and it was all over. Mm. Um, and what happened was my GoPro flew off and that happened. I sank. I got off. I could not get out and I thought it was all over. And I won't go into what happened because it's yep. in the vlog, but it was the closest I've come to – I thought it was – yeah, it was pretty bad. Wow. That's – What's it like riding a Harley on the beach or Road King on the beach? Awesome. It is fun? Oh, my God. Yeah. These people that say, oh, you know, try it. Mm. Like there's some footage. I, I put out a teaser on, on YouTube. It's just a one-minute clip. I think it's had like 20,000 views in about a day. But I put some nice music to it and I slow-motioned it. And it's just awesome. I mean, it was yep. a sunny day. I'm riding it in the water. Yeah. Like just skimming the water's edge on a Harley Davidson road kick. It did look awesome. It was awesome, yeah. man. I mean, that was a moment. Like I, I live for pinch me moments yeah. and that was just another pinch me moment where I got it on the beach and I'm riding at 60, 70 k's an hour and water was spraying up in my face and fucking salt was everywhere <laughs> and, I'm, and, I'm, and, you know, and I just thought, you know, I can, I can wash the bike and I can yeah. get the salt out of it, you know, um, but I'm not going to be able to. That's a memory. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? You can't replace, like, you can't, nah. you can replace bikes, you can replace it, but you can't replace a memory. Or what do I do? Go on a toy run with all my mates and look at everyone's shiny bike and talk about my cam and my, my, my new muffler and, and all the wank and, oh, but, but, you know, gee, your bike looks so clean. Like, that's good for them and I respect people that are like yep. that. I've been that guy before, but now it's just different for me. I'm using a motorbike mm. as an adventure bike and I know I should use it as an adventure bike, but the fun is in trying to achieve, conquer. Things that you and figuring it out when you get bogged. Okay, I've got to dig it out. So I carry a shovel now. Yep. You know, just little things to help me along the way. Just like adventure smarts, isn't it? Really? Well, I'm creating a show for entertainment. Yeah. I mean, if I did it on an adventure bike, I don't think it, people would really care. Oh, look, there's a hill. I went up the hill. Mm. Wow, how exciting! Nothing happened. Yep. You know, that makes sense. Definitely yeah. makes sense. And and to get down to the nitty gritty of the bike, like I was in here earlier this morning in the workshop looking, and like the boys are like, we cleaned up, all right. You wouldn't even know. A few, like a few little dents and scratches and whatnot. But yeah. it's still in 33,000 Ks old. It's still in really good nick. Yeah, I think – well, they won't trade it though. I tried to trade it on a new um, Road King but they won't do that. They won't trade it? No. Mm. Yeah. No, it's history. It's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> it probably is. So <laughs> yeah. uh, would, you, would you go to a Pan America or would that be something for you that you go, nah, that's bringing something here that – should be there anyway. I'd only go to a Pan America yep. if Harley gave me one or if a dealership said, here, ride this for three months to do a trip around Australia on it or something. On one of those, yeah. Yeah, I would buy one and yep. I'd film it just to see how good it is. But yep. I would definitely put it through its paces. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no doubt. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, riding a Pan America wouldn't be that much of a challenge, I don't think. Yep. Because it's geared for the stuff I do. Yep. But, 
yeah, if someone gave me one and said, listen, here, Danny, take it for a month, mm. you know, here's 10 grand, yep. take it for a month and film it and say that, say, Gasoline Alley sponsored it, for example, yep. then I would do that. You know what I mean? And yep. people would watch the vlog. For sure. Gasoline Alley should do that. Yeah. If you need a filmer. Uh. <laughs> Can I just say this? Yeah. You know, you, know, you know when people say, do you want to film? You'll quit, I reckon. Because mm. mm. I, I, I mean, I don't know you, but I feel that people wouldn't continue on. They'd go, this is ridiculous. Mm, probably. But, yeah, you'd have to sign something. Yeah, it have to be some sort of waiver. Where you can't contract. quit. We can't quit. Yeah. yeah that'd be but interesting. Yeah. Um, why video production? Like, you, as I say, my, my job is video production. Yep. I really, I love seeing, like, the nitty-gritty things of, of what you do. Yep. Why, why, why did you really get into doing it? Because it takes so much time. Um, for me, it's like creating, I'm a perfectionist mm. and uh, to capture such good footage and not edit it correctly is like people say, why don't you pump out more vlogs quicker? Mm. Because I'm going to take my time and I want it to look good. Yep. Um, so every vlog I try and create better. And, you know, from two years till now, I think they've definitely improved. Um, but I want to create a cinematic, emotional, fun, scary yep. Um, funny adventure and yeah I just you've I just don't want it to be a vlog I want it to be more than that I want to use the right music I want to find the right song for the right scene like in upcoming vlogs when I hit the beach you know when the drama starts I'll put some dramatic music in it all takes time but if you left like music as you know changes emotion the whole dynamic changes yep you just have to slow motion a clip put some music to it change a bit of colour and all of a sudden you change something from boring to interesting mm. and it's not that hard. And I'm self-taught just through watching YouTube vlogs. So yep. I just do the basics very well. I, I, I probably use my editing software probably 10% of its capabilities, yep. but I think I do that 10% well, you know. Yep. And I know how to use a drone. So, um, so, you know, putting a bit of drone footage in and just using different camera angles, putting the camera on the mm. crash bars, shooting it at my face, putting it in front, putting it behind, just moving the GoPro around. You've got to make it interesting. You've got to, like I said before, one, two, three, four, change. One, two, changing scenes all the time mm. is really important. Definitely is, isn't it? Like, like the, I work on another... <coughs> Excuse me. You're right. I work on a, a, another TV show as camera operator yep. and we, we travel around on bikes and that as well. And same deal. It's just constant. Bang, bang, change, change, change. Because it's very boring looking at just at the back of your helmet. and Absolutely. It, it, yeah, you, you must put a lot of time into that, you know, constantly stop, start, stop, start, changing this over. There's a fine balance between being in a dangerous situation and still trying to film and, and mm. I still try and film. Like when, when the tide was coming in and I thought I was going to lose my bike, I was still trying to film and there was a point yeah. there thinking, Danny, this is ridiculous because you're going to lose your bike and you, all you care about is filming. And then I thought, what's the point? If I do lose my bike to the ocean, I, may, I might as well film it. Yeah. So It's a balance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the balance is there. Oh. Insanity. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Wow, that's uh... – Yeah, and the bike's not insured either. Isn't it? Well, then, dude, they're not going to insure me. Yeah, I guess so. Where were you? Oh, at the top of Vez Rock. How'd you get it there? I rode it up there. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Yeah, you're probably a liability on that, yeah. on that side of it, especially yeah. when it's broadcast. Very yeah. hard, to, uh, yeah. hard to hide it. Yeah. Now the cars. Yep. Same deal. Car fan forever. Yeah, I, um, I grew up probably, I mean, we've all got a poor story, but um, yeah, I just grew up. Parents didn't have a good car. I always had the Kmart runners, was teased as a kid and... So I've just bought the best cars that money can buy, I guess. So, yeah, that's I, I'm a car lover. I've always yeah. – my dream was to buy a BMW and in my first 
as a kid, I used to stare in the window and dream about buying a secondhand BMW because I never ever thought the day had come where I could own a new one. And, um, and um, this dealership, when I was 31, I went back there and I looked in there and I went and bought my first BMW when I was in real estate. It mm. um, cost me $44,000 secondhand, yep. like a year old. And um, yeah, and I've owned a lot of cars. So, but currently driving a Ferrari 458 Italia. Yeah. Um, and I have an X5 BMW, which is my daily drive. They're a great vehicle, aren't they? The X5? Yeah. Yeah. The, really the new model, car. The it's just spot on. Good really. car. Yeah, really mm. good car. Do you enjoy taking the 458 to the track? And I have seen it. Yeah, I have tracked it once. Um, I'm not a big track fan because, um, I mean, it's fun, but the car just gets hammered so much. And I know they're built for that. Yeah. But um, I bought my car with 10,000 Ks on it. It's now not, So I put 30,000 on it in three years. On so the Ferrari? I, yeah, I'll put 10,000. So I'm driving it like yeah. my bikes. So um, I'll keep the Ferrari. Again, like my Road King, I won't sell it. Yeah. So the, the, the Ferraris, the shape is just, the 458 is just a beautiful looking beautiful car. car. Yeah. And I mean, 10 years time, it's still going to look modern and clean. And, um, but yeah, I, it is, for me, it's the ultimate. It's, I've done stuff because of real estate, um, which I couldn't even think big enough that I would ever do. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. I never thought one day I could afford to um, buy a Ferrari or, or, I just never thought that was possible, but yep. um, it has been. It's sort of amazing. Now, is this story true about you sitting down reading unique cars and that? Correct. Yeah? So, yeah, as a kid I used to buy unique cars. It was yeah. like $4.95 and, yeah, I used to play a game in my head when I was about 12 and, and I used to pretend that if I had $20,000, what yeah. car would I buy on the page and I'd circle it and, yeah, I, I did things like that all the time. I yeah. used to dream and get so excited about what car am I going to buy and, and – all of that has come true for me today. But I just want to say this, and this yeah. is really important. Money doesn't buy happiness. I've, I've been an absolute mess, um, uh, alone, very much alone with everything that money can buy materially and still been really, really unhappy. Um, the happiest I am, to be honest, is when I'm on the road traveling. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've really been, uh, especially when my brother died and my marriage ended, um, and when my brother died, I punched out another real estate agent and I got arrested and I thought I was going to lose my real estate license. And I've had a lot of things happen all at once and where there's been some real low points and, um, just getting on a bike and riding has really saved me, you know, um, like a lot of men I've in my forties, I've been very suicidal. You know what I mean? I've, I, I still see a psychologist, you know, once mm. a month, once a fortnight, I've been seeing him for 11 years. So it really is for me a checkup from the neck up, um, because it's my thinking, um, and particularly with suicide, um, and that's why we, me and David did the, I did the ride for suicide prevention. Um, suicide is such a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And the problem with their thinking is particularly with depression, when, when you're clinically depressed or when you're in a true depression, your head will tell you it's forever. And that's a sad thing. It, it, depression wants to kill you ultimately. It says you're going to be like this forever. But you almost, it's really important to keep things like journals. So when you're feeling good, you can write that you're feeling good. I came out of my depression, you know, because um, depression is, it's horrific when you're in it. You know, people say, I, I see these stupid commercials, you know, particularly with COVID, with mental health, go for a run, ring a friend. Like when you're depressed, you just mm. want to lie in one spot and just die. You're like, you can't even pick up the phone. You just, you know, it's, it's bad. Like if some people know what I'm talking about here, you know, mm -hmm. so... 
but for me, yeah, writing. Um, but you got to you got to pick yourself up, and you got to you can't think your way out of a depression. You have to act your way out of it. You know, those commercials are a bit like um, antagonising. Oh, it's just isn't a, it? It's just just typical government wank. What a waste of money. Yeah, it it, it just makes zero sense yeah. if you're in that headspace anyway. Yeah, you um, your your government standpoints for COVID and that. You're so strong. You're so strongly. Uh, Mate, you should see the banner I'm going to put up at Cameron's Corner. That's why I'm going there. Really? Yeah. Can you say it or is it going on a vlog? No, it's going on a vlog. Okay, we won't, it. won't go there. Yeah. Um, you can say that, but I'm not going to say what I'm doing there. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> that lockdown was just way too too long. Don't get me started on it. Okay. No, no, no. Look, <laughs> I just think they should have isolated the elderly people. Yeah. Um, and the people at risk, yep. and they should have just told us all to social distance. Yep. And um, but I think they've brutalised the economy, and mm. I think that we haven't felt any of the effects yet. I think we're all in novelty stage of, I think twelve months from now. I think you know when JobKeeper ends and JobSeeker ends, that um, potentially, and I hope hope I'm wrong, and I don't have a crystal ball, but I think that we could be hit really hard. I think times could be very different. Mm. Um, and I feel sorry for small business. And I think I think the government knee-jerked way too quickly and, and listening to Scott Morrison saying over and over and over, well, it's going to be like this for months and months and months and months. And it hasn't been. And he's terrorised everyone to death. Mm. Um, and people fired people like I did. I laid off 13 people. And, um, you know, yeah, look, I'm not a fan of tough job they've got with respect to making decisions. Yeah. But... I just think, like, for example, having the borders closed, like, you know, their slogan's been we're all in this together. No, we're not. We're all in it border by border. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, there's just, yeah, I just, I just, you know, initially the government said, you know, let's not inundate our health system. Our health system hasn't been inundated one bit. No. Um, we're prepared. We, we, we can, it's like the road toll. This is on 60 minutes. We could end the road toll. We can all travel at five kilometres an hour. Yeah, but mm. uh, we, we, we have mitigating, we, we, we mitigate the fact that there's going to be a certain amount of deaths so that we can travel at 100 or 110. It's going to be the same with COVID. Yep. We just have to, you know, we, we, we can't run and hide from it. It's like a factor. Yeah, it's absolutely. Yeah. It's just something that's part of us now and I yep. think slowly we're now coming around to that, which is good. Mm. Um, I think the government in some way has done, a, has, has done a great job, but I think that, you know, like for example, I'm not picking on Queensland, but still having the Queensland border shut. Yeah. What's the point? Like, what wh what is the premier trying to prove? Um, you know, it's we haven't had what the other countries have had. One is we don't have the density of mm. people. Yep. Um, and you know, our healthcare our healthcare system is is incredibly good shape. Yeah. And certainly now, after three or four months, the PPE the the our, we are ready. We are ready to act yep. um, if there is an outbreak. Um, most 99% of people that get it doesn't really, nothing really happens to them no. anyway. So, but of, of course they show, I, I remember, I know I'm getting off a rant here. I remember when, you know, it's like, well, you don't want to see what's happening in France. And then, then it was like, London's the worst. Now it's North America. Like the media just keeps any, any hot spot in the world. They yep. just go to it. Oh, alert, alert. Hype, and hype, yep. It's hype, hype, scare you, scare you, scare you. It's like, I'm just sick of listening to it. Yep. It's like. And, and I'm not being ignorant about it. It's just that we live in Australia and it isn't happening here. No. And domestically, as a, as a country, we could boom. Mm. Like our tourism is massive. Like if, a lot of us, we all travel overseas, Bali, 
uh, Phuket, Th- wherever. Yeah. We could all travel, get to this country's beautiful Kakadu and and parts of far north Queensland, which is like I, I'm sure that's going to boom when they open up the borders. But yeah. domestically, we can survive as a country incredibly. I'll pay an extra dollar for 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 a, for, for, for uh, something that's made in Australia. Definitely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, you know, uh, the China, and, and you know, I've got to be honest, I'm glad that our government has taken a stance against China because they're bullies. Mm. They're just bullies. Um, and I really love that the government has taken that stance to say, oh, well, we'll cut off our uh, barley exports or whatever, we'll try and hurt us, yep. but we're not going to be intimidated. And good on ScoMo for doing that. For sure. Because um, we can sustain our own country by ourselves. Um, I think we can. And if that's one lesson, I think that... Uh, this does teach us, and I'm not a big fan of the "Have you learnt your lesson?" statement. Yep. But if it's one thing that it has taught us is we can sustain ourselves here, and we yep. can do more here. Yep. We, we want to travel more here. Like, don't need to go anywhere. We've yep. got an awesome place that's got everything that you need here. Yeah. We just need more manufacturing. Absolutely. Which yep. is something that I don't know might be a, might be a turning of the tide anyway. Yep. I think that'll happen. How did you go? Same deal. I don't want to discuss it if it's coming in your vlog, but how did you go crossing the border here to Queensland? No problem. He's, Easy. he's a fan of Million Dollar Bogan. Really? Yep. Awesome. No, that's bullshit. No, I um, was creative. Let's just say that. Okay. It'll be on the vlog. It'll be on the vlog. When does that vlog come out? Mate, <laughs> Mate well, I'm still putting it day one. Yeah. Right. And I'm on day 16 of my ride. So there's about 20 to 30 vlogs to come out before. That was oh, yesterday, the border. Yeah. So month away, six weeks away, I don't know. Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, because I haven't even started editing Vlog 4 yet. Yep. Um, and again, I'm about to head to remote, on, so there'll be nowhere to edit. And mm. But again, I'll take my time and I won't pump out shit, so people will just have to wait. But it'll be worth the wait. And on the, the side, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to this stuff because it's my job. Do you do you edit on the go? Do you do, do you use a laptop yes. or you have something at home that you... No, no, I have... You I've do it just, on the go? just bought a brand new laptop. Yeah, uh, a powerful one. You need power, for sure. As you would know. Yep. Got external storage as well because I just take so much footage. Um, yep. Yeah, I do. If I'm rested, um, I've had a couple of easy days where I've yep. managed to get out. Um, you know, part of. I'm up to day two, um, so yeah, I pumped out a vlog about two or three days ago. Yep. So that was good. Um, but I won't pump out a vlog for a while now, mm. um, unless I find you know a, a nice motel and I'm reasonably rested. I'll try and. You've got to be in the right headspace. Uh, you just editing to, is yeah. yeah. If, you, if you're not, you're not going to get anything good out. Totally. You just sit there and yeah. Sometimes I have to walk away from it for a couple of hours and then go back to it. Yep. Or sleep on it and then look at it again and go, oh shit, that's long winded. Need to cut, cut, cut. It's yep. always about chopping, 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 chopping. Yep. You know, you you do a vlog, you end up with forty minutes. You think, Dan, you got to get this down to under twenty. So, yep. so I try and keep the vlogs around twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Yep. Proper YouTubers keep them around under ten minutes, but because mine are more of a series, more of a TV type. Yeah, they're for a bit, sure. They're a bit longer, you know. Like, do you do you have a uh, do you have a like YouTube's one platform? Would you ever think that you'd have a chance to get on, say, a Netflix or something? Um, Seven, mate. I I, I I think that. Uh, look, that's my dream for for for, for 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 a TV yep. station to say, listen, we're gonna stick a camera ca- crew with you, yep. um, or just one guy, mm. go rogue for three months, go around Australia. Um, you and Parry. budget. Yep. Yeah. Um, we'll pay X amount of money um, and we're going to film it and then cut it. Of course, that's my dream. 
has it happened? No. Mm. Do I think that people would watch it? I think they would. Um, but again, I'm biased, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that'll happen one day. And you know what? If it doesn't happen, I don't care yep. because I'm creating my own TV channel anyway. Yep. So, and you look at the number one YouTuber in the world, PewDiePie, 110 million followers. That's I crazy. Mean, I mean, that's just, that's insane. How, how's, the, how's the numbers work on that? Like, because people, the trouble is um, with people, they think that you're going to be paid a fortune as soon as you get. No. It doesn't work out, does it? I earn between six hundred and thousand dollars a month yep. through YouTube ad revenue through the clicks. Yep, yep. That, that, that's basically it. Um, I've got, you know, yeah. No, there's no money in it at this yep. point. Um, and I think if you're doing it for the money, you're doing it for all the wrong yep. reasons. Um, I do it because I like motorbike riding yeah. and I like cinematography. Yeah. Um, and I'm not scared to be my authentic self. So you put those three together, and you've got. Million Dollar Bogan. Do you know what I'm saying? For sure. Yep. So, yeah. And do you like the name Million Dollar Bogan? No. I think we covered that before, didn't I? I said I, I wish I don't. It leads to the connotation that I'm super loaded and and that I'm just this crazy millionaire. Yep. It's really not true. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm poor, but the name's stuck and I've wanted to change it and people have said don't do it. We like yep. the name. But I guess, you know, like I wear a Rolex and I drive, a, you know, there's two sides to me. There's the corporate Danny. Yep. Um, and there's also that the Bogan when I'm on the road where I don't give a fuck and I'm just running, like my jeans haven't been washed for 14 days and, yep. you know, um, I shit my pants about a week ago and I haven't changed it. That's not true. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> shit, that was something I thought that just came up my mouth with no filter. <laughs> nice honesty. Sorry, that's not true. So it didn't happen? No, it didn't happen. Oh, okay. Wow. And how, how has this road trip been? It's, has this been a good one? Yeah, it's been good. I've loved it. Yeah, it's yeah. been fun. It's been tough. Yeah. Um, a few times there my heart... Rate, rate would have been over 200 beats per minute because wow. I was so scared. But, um, yeah, it's been good. And picking up the bike, like you've picked it up a lot. Mm-hmm. How, how, like I, I've got my own bike and I've, yep. I've had to lift it once. Yep. They're bloody heavy. Oh, yeah, it's heavy. Like do, do you, yeah, do you have a, do you have an art to it? Like is there <laughs> just, well, because it's, it's well, bloody heavy. Well, one point. I had to skull drag it around to a different angle so I couldn't lever it up. That was bad because yeah. I scraped the tank and scraped everything. And I saw people watching that would have been thinking, oh, my God. But when you're in the bush alone, remote, you have to do it. So you have to figure it out. Mm. And w- what am I going to do, quit and walk away, like walk off set? I'm not on a set. No. I'm, I'm 50Ks inland with no one around. So you've got to figure it out. So you've got to lift it up. Yep. So whether I've got to use the tree branch or do whatever I can to get it up, I'll get it up. Yep. If I've got to rip the, you know, take every bit of weight off it and get it on the right angle to lift it up, I'll do it. Yep. You know, the crash bars are a must. Like they do save you because once you get it to the crash bar, you're right. Because mm, it's already pivoted up a bit. That's right. You've got uh, leverage. Okay. Yep. Now that makes sense. Yep. Why, and why real estate? I just thought I'd have a go at it. We you, you always... Um, bold like extrovert yes i've always been extroverted i've always been able to talk a lot yeah <laughs> um i've always been enthusiastic about life people say yeah. god that guy's really full on and yeah. yeah so i've been lucky that i've always had that spark that energy yeah. people it's all about energy you know mm. people pick up on that so i think in real estate if you're full of beans and energy and enthusiastic and optimistic about getting someone a higher price um you're going to be super successful and if you don't quit like the rule is don't ever quit because yeah. most people quit when it gets hard if you push through the hard times, um, because you can never fail if you never quit, you know. So I very much live by that motto. And do you still enjoy real estate? Um, my role's very different. I am the managing director and I'm hands-off, so I oversee the operation. Uh, I still make all the key decisions financially. 
um, and no one joins a business without my final say-so. Mm. Um, so operationally, um, I have a number of owners now, um, but me and Michelle Winkle, my business partner, are the key stakeholders, there's five officers. Um, yeah, I, I still like it, but it gives me an opportunity to do the motor vlogging, which is probably my true passion now. Yeah, right. So it gives it because what would you apart from doing the trips? What would you dedicate a week to, like say an edit, a twenty minute edit? You're probably uh, twenty to thirty hours just in time for that. Um, do you dedicate half a week to the vlogging part? No. Well, I'm not always vlogging. I mean, yeah. I'm not always on a road trip. So mm. you know, um, you know, during COVID, I tried to be creative with some stuff, yep. um, some workshop stuff at Harley. Um, but look, I, I, I'm in the office probably five days a week, maybe for an hour, maybe for six hours. It just depends what's going on. But yep. I'm always looking to plan my next trip, you know. So, yep. um, and I just give the guys notice and let them know I'm off. So, and then you go. Do you do you have do you have any others? Obviously, I don't want to talk about them because you're probably going to keep them a secret. But do you have other trips planned? Yes, but you do. Yep. yep. I'm going to ride a lawnmower into outer space. Yeah, right. Mm. With Elon Musk. Yeah. 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 Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. You have you have obviously like a, bu- I, a bucket list or some sort of form. Yeah, of... I got a couple up my sleeve. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. Nice. And Cape York. Yep. Is that good? Yeah. I, I want to do it again because I only got uh, I was two hundred thirty three kilometres from the very tip. I only got yep. to Weeper. Yeah. But now with different enduro tyres, I can I can make the very very tip. So they made a huge difference. Massive like for difference. what you've done this week and that massive yeah. difference just different bike yeah right they had to change the, the wheel put a diner rear wheel on it make it skinnier but the handing's better the grip's better yeah the tires are softer but that bike the tires have saved me i mean i mean i did cape york on stock tires mate i didn't even re- put the yeah. tire pressure down um uh, so but no it was fun you you you've been able to sort of fill a, a lot of people like i think everyone has the chance to do things if you, if you put your head down, you honestly believe that you can do it, you can do it, yep. which is something that you obviously say as well, I think. Yep. Um, you've had a chance to do a lot of people's others bucket list, haven't you? Oh, look, I, I guess so. Well, I, I don't mean to do it as their bucket list, no. but but I'm doing my bucket list yep. um, because I, I did the 100-hour weeks for year after year after year after year. Yep. I put money before my marriage and lost that. I wish I didn't do that. There's things I've done not so well. Um, but I guess I think since my brother died and um, I've just thought more of, fuck it, I'm just going to live, just go hard, like, you know. Yep. Um, do what I truly love doing. And there's nothing excites me more than riding along a dirt track and then seeing a massive sand run thinking, right, how am I going to get through this? Yep. Okay, um, do I need more power on or... You know, and I make mistakes. Like I forget to let down the tires. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do stupid things. Um, I'm just caught up in the moment, I guess. But I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, mate, it's yeah, it's awesome. It's so refreshing. It's refreshing yeah. to see real people. You know, you see a real vlog. You see a real, uh, oh, real production. It's just nice to, from my side, I find, find it really nice to see. And as I say, some of the things a bucket list for people and people will sort of sit at home and analyze it watch it oh, I, I want to be able to do that but yeah. you can do it i think it's just well like you can do you it you gotta put that away yeah you can do anything yeah if you want it bad enough mm. you know so 100 yep. percent. well mate i know you've got a you've got a trek yeah and no uh, you've got a bike to pick up downstairs so it's just a short one i really really wanted to have you in here and um it's a yeah, pleasure the energy 
I just love the energy. Oh, thank you. So thanks for having me on your show and good luck. All the best um, with, with, with your podcast and um, the guys at Gasoline Alley seem like a good bunch of guys. Yep. They sure. treated me well. I hope they give me a big discount. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much, mate. Okay. All Pleasure. Right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.